Looks like you've been missing a lot of work lately. I wouldn't say I've been missing it, Bob. (laughs) (laughs) It's always soccer in Philadelphia on February 26th. You may be listening to this on the 27th, but we have made it past hump day, as the, uh, the camel in the Geico commercials would say. And that means that we're only, what, 48 hours, 72 hours away from the Philadelphia Union's 2020 season opener. I'm Kevin Kincaid. Joining me for the 100th episode of the It's Always Soccer in Philadelphia program, it is my Crossing Broad colleague, Rush Joy. Hey, hey there, man. How are you? This is weird. I'm going to be honest with you. I thought for the 100th show you'd have somebody really special. And so uh, when you were like, hey, do you want to do it? I was like, yeah. I thought I was going to do a, a little hit here. But here we are. Yeah, you know, I thought about it. I thought, like, you know, because for the 25th uh, episode, we did the tw- we, I had uh, Matt and Dave in here, and we did the 25 most union moments of all time. And then for the, uh, for the 50th episode, um, Sebastian came to the house, and we did, we did the podcast here. 75, we didn't do anything, I think, because it was just really busy, and we were doing, like, playoff podcasts and stuff like that. And yeah. for 100, I'm like, man, who should I get? Should I get a former player? Should I get, like, uh, you know, somebody famous on here? But... No, what we're going to do for the 100th episode, Russ, is we're going to answer 100 questions about your town, your team, your 2020 Philadelphia Union. How does that sound? It's good, and I'm going to answer each one of them with a with a different voice. So we'll go through 100 voices with 100 answers. <laughs> okay. Is, uh, as long as you do Bernie, uh, Trump, uh, Tommy Smith. I really do wish I would have planned this out a little bit better. I probably could have gotten up to 100. That's okay. I, my daughter pooped in the tub, and now my wife is putting her to, to sleep. Um, I didn't get to do much much prep myself, so you know we're just kind of flying by the seat of our pants here at, at Crossing Broad Sports LLC. You know what I mean? Rub a dub dub, a poop in the tub. That's right. And Kevin uh, Kincaid on the mic. So that's the rundown. We're going to do uh, 100 questions on the union, and then we're going to do words that end in the letter A. But first, uh, I have an announcement for you. It's not really much of an announcement because it's already been announced. Uh, but we're going to do the live podcast at the Larimer uh, on 314, March 14th, the home opener. Uh, disregard my tweet. I wrote the season opener. It is the home opener. We'll be there at the home opener. We're teaming up with the union soccer podcast, Sean Brace and Joe Tanzi. And uh, maybe we'll see if anybody else wants to jump on board. Maybe, Russ, if you want to come down and jump on, we will have you down there if, you, if you're if you interested. Um, we are going to be at the Larimer at 5 o'clock, I think I wrote on the flyer. Uh, so it'll be at the same time. If you were at the first live podcast, it'll be the same thing that we did uh, the last time. We'll do it at 5 o'clock. We'll go to like 6, and then the game starts at um, 7.30. So you have like a 90 minutes in between to either uh, get shit-faced or to go uh, tailgate somewhere else if you want. Uh, so that is the live podcast announcement. Um, if I have more details, I'll share them on Twitter. Uh, the second announcement, uh, the merch. I got a lot of good feedback that people were interested in doing the merch thing for charity. Uh, we had a delay with that because of the uh, coronavirus, uh, unfortunately. But we, <laughs> yes, I'm not, I'm not making this up. We had a coronavirus delay. Words that end in the letter A. Corona. Yes, the coronavirus, unfortunately. So uh, our our our. Uh, merchandise charity uh, thing will have to be delayed uh, while we get the coronavirus under control. Uh, real quick A-side on that, Russ. I was supposed to go to Japan in high school, and uh, this was 2001 or something like that. And do you know why I wasn't able to go to Japan in high school? Uh, swine flu? SARS. Oh, man. 
Yeah, the SARS scare. I was supposed to go. My mom was teaching at Perk Valley, and she was taking a she was like chaperoning a group that was going over there. And I went to Boyertown, but she's like, "Can I bring my son on the trip?" And they're like, "Yeah." So we're getting ready to go to Japan, and then SARS happened. So pretty much what you're saying is, anytime you try to get involved with the Asian continent, all hell breaks loose. <laughs> yeah. yeah, something <laughs> something bad happens. SARS, coronavirus, H one N one, the swine so flu. Like- so- if like one day Trump's like, I'm going to go meet with Kim Jong-un. I'm actually going to hand over the entire country to Kim. He's a great guy. We'll just say, oh, you know, what? we'll send Kevin Kincaid with you to sign the papers. And then the whole thing will blow up. It'll be great. All right, good. That's We've got right. a built-in have... firewall. <laughs> Joe Joe Biden thinks South Carolina is his firewall. Kevin Kincaid, keep the me Asian away. continent firewall. I yeah, know. Keep, keep me away. away from Asia in general. Keep me away from China, from uh, uh, India, Tajikistan. Can't go anywhere near any Asian countries or something bad. Uh, it's going to happen, but we're hoping that good things happen for the Philadelphia Union this year. So you want to get into it? Mm-hmm. 100 questions yeah. for the Philadelphia Union. Russ, uh, will the Union make the playoffs? Of course they will. Question number two, will they win more than one playoff game? Uh, Yeah. Playoffs. Playoffs. I think they will. Okay. Let so me ask what? you a question. Do, do you okay. think they make the playoffs, and do you think they make they get uh, more than one win? Uh, I think they make the playoffs. I feel like they go in as the four seed this year. I don't know why. Um, So, you know, then they would play four five uh, and then they'd get the number one seed. So instead of like a three, two, where you went down to Atlanta last year, like they could play four one, like at New York city, or maybe even going back down to Atlanta again. Why do I have this sinking feeling that they're going to end up that the playoffs, like they're going to have to end up playing at Atlanta again in the playoffs. It's just like keeps going through my head. It's totally possible. I, I here's the thing with the union this year. I'm going to take the overly optimistic approach. And I think every union fan out there should do the exact same thing. There's no real reason to think that the team's going to be much worse. If anything, a little bit of cohesion, a couple of decent signings. It could be a better team this year. And I quite honestly, I, I'm I'm just sick of Philadelphia sports at this point breaking my heart. So we we got enough bad karma going in the city. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only good team right now are the Philadelphia Flyers. And so yeah. that means that we, of course, have to have a good union season, although somehow it'll get overshadowed by a resurgence of the Philadelphia Phillies because that's just how this has oh, always yeah. gone historically, right? So you're playing just the game of averages here that not every team can uh, have a excruciatingly uh, exhausting injury-plagued season. That's correct. Uh, we're doing this show, I should let everybody know, right after Joel Embiid uh, left the game with a collarbone or a shoulder or whatever the hell it is. Yeah, uh, had I had a great parlay going. Uh, Embiid on the over for points. Bradley Beal on the over for points. Trey mm-hmm. Young to score the most points in the game. Uh, I was going to send my daughter to Princeton with all the money that I was going to make <laughs> uh, off of that parlay tonight that I put on all three sites like an idiot. Uh, but unfortunately, I've lost so much money on my parlay tonight that she'll now be going to Marshall. Wow. Uh, question wow, wow. number uh, question number three. What position did the union finish in this year? I say fourth. I say they finished fourth. I don't know why. I, just, I feel like it's New York and Atlanta one and two, and then I feel like somebody else can't be as bad as they were last year. I'm going to play the finish. law of averages that way. Uh Remember, I'm going overly optimistic. Union finished second. Union finished second. You think they'd they be? You think second. they're going to finish ahead of uh, Atlanta, one of Atlanta or New York? I think they finish ahead of New York. 
Wow. I think New York's luck finally runs out. Well, they look this pretty good the in the year. Champions League so far, so we'll see Champions if League uh, doesn't matter to they me. get a hangover. Um, Listen, this is the overly optimistic podcast this year. They finished second. Realistically, they probably finished second. Is fourth, that what we're going to do? We're going to second, go second, I, I'm going to... Yeah, like some podcasts have like the realist, and then some also just have the guy who makes absolutely no sense and just says everything is peaches and cream. I'll be that guy right now. <laughs> um, second place, why not? Maybe they'll place? win the whole yeah. thing. Okay. Right? Um, yeah, yeah. I should write these down because I have the all the questions written out in a crossing broad WordPress um, document here, and like I'm gonna say like what we picked, but I should uh, at least write them down as we're going, so I don't gotta listen back to this. Um, all right, then I should probably be a little bit more realistic. No, no, it's okay. Well, maybe I, maybe I won't do that. Maybe I'll just say here are the list of questions. Go listen to the podcast if you want to hear our there answers. There you go. You know? Okay. Yeah, push. Them I got to this the tease. Audio. Yeah, I got this tease thing down right after uh, yeah. ten years of television. Uh, final record last year they were sixteen wins, uh, eleven uh, losses, and seven draw. Or, uh, yeah, sixteen, eleven, and seven. Um, this year I got them going fourteen, twelve, and eight. I think they pick up an extra loss and an extra draw. Um, so 14, 12, and 8 would put them at what? That would put them at 49. No, put them at 50. I feel like they fifty at, f- finish at 50 points. Hmm. Well, it has to be something over the top, right? Yeah, does since 18, you're going optimistic. And, does, does 18, 9, and 9 get you there? <laughs> does that get you a 2C? Wait, wait, wait. Um, the only team that had more than 18 wins last year was LAFC. 18. Now, 17. This is bad. This is why I painted myself into this really awful, optimistic <laughs> corner, and now there is no way to make sense. Now All right, you're let's, just going to be flip flopping for the rest. Yeah, of Yeah, let me do this. Six, let's go. Uh, <laughs> Sixteen nine and nine. Sixteen nine and nine. Okay, I think that's yeah. Really so cool. yeah. I, I'm going to take two of the losses they had last year, and we're going to convert them. We're going to hope that this team doesn't fall into that that kind of lull that they get caught off guard, especially early in the season historically. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, you know, they always get hot towards the middle and end of the season. Well, let's just, let's just hope that that doesn't happen this year. And if it doesn't, and you don't pick up a couple of really bad, ugly losses early on in the season, I think if you can come out of this year and, and be in single digits in terms of losses, I don't care how many draws you have at that point. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I'd rather see you be a competitive team than, than rack up losses, right? Leading goal scorer of, I, I mean, I've got Shabilko. You got him too? No. I I think I've got a two-way tie. Oh, okay. um, so I've got Sergio Santos. And I don't know who the other one's going to be. I think Sergio there's a possibility. you don't know? Yeah. So you think, I think Sergio's going to have going to drop I, off? Now, I, like, I think that Sergio is is poised to have a really successful season. Um, and, and maybe it ends up being a tie or he, he passes Shiboga by one. The the real issue I guess I have here, and, and we've talked about this a lot and you've brought this up a lot, is there's such a redundancy between Casper and what Wooten brings to the table, yeah. or Wooten if you prefer. And I think that is going to kind of chip away at what Casper does. Now, you know, I think you could just as easily try to say that maybe one of these midfielders uh, is able to to kind of chip away and is able to to finish off a, a few rebounds in the box. And like maybe this just ends up being a team that really spreads the wealth around and you don't have that one standout leading goal scorer. Like systematically, like it, it kind of does make sense with this team that you might have a bunch of guys that are scoring close to 
nine or ten goals and you just don't have the guy who stands out could be more bunched up for sure yeah um i'm gonna say shabilko is the leading goal scorer and i'll say santos uh, question number six second most goals let's say santos is right behind him i, I could see like a 12 and 10 or like a you know okay. like a 13 and 9 you know something like that um i guess the best way to think about it is like if you if you truly believe that santos shabilko and and Vooten can all get let's say what over six goals then you're thinking that they're probably running a rotation that's that's effective and maybe you know one of these guys goes out for a period of time like is it totally inconceivable that they all end up within like you said within one or two goals of each they other they were super clumpy last year yeah so it was Casper with uh, 15 Fabian with 7 Ilsenio with 5 and then Montero Bedoya Pico Akam and Santos all had 4 you know and then you had like Corey Burke getting in there scoring two Elliot scoring two Madunian only scored one goal last year which was crazy to me but um uh so goals leading assist provider i mean i think it's jamiro he had nine last year and that was number two right behind harris and with harris not here i mean i think it's i can't i don't know who the hell else it would be besides montero uh i could give you a dark horse sure i think kai wagner as long as he can stay healthy yeah you start to think about like if if this team late in games switches up to a three five two and if he ends up pushing forward and that ends up becoming a, a late game look, I mean, he is an exceptional, he does an exceptional job of crossing off that left flank. And maybe that kind of gets him within contention. I mean, maybe he doesn't end up leading the team in assists, but maybe he's one or two off. Harris had 10 last year. I think he's set for another big year. Harris had 10 last year. Jamiro had nine. Ilsenio had eight. And uh, Wagner, yeah, Kai had eight too. So with Harris uh, not there, if you kind of disperse his assists around you know maybe Jamiro goes up to nine or 11 or something like that El Sino seven to nine or something like that yeah I could see that and by the way like in in Kai's defense like it's a second year of being acclimated to this league and how many times every year do we talk about the amount of time it typically takes a player to get acclimated to the travel to get acclimated to the the level of competition yeah the yeah. difference in the style of play I mean you're giving the guy a full off season now to work with this team after experiencing that first year there's no reason to think barring injury that he can't build on such a successful year um i'm, I'm high on i'm high on on the vogs the vogs yellow cards and red cards uh there were three guys tied last year with six yellow cards wagner bedoya and medunian in um yellow cards and red I, you know i'm gonna say the most yellow cards would go to bedoya i think he's gonna pick up the most yellows probably a couple smart tactical fouls here and there red cards they only had they only had three red cards last year um kai had one fabian had one early in the season and trusty had one so i'm gonna say bedoya uh leads the team with six yellow cards and i feel like uh f- I'll say uh, Kai picks up one red card, and they also have like another like weird three or four way tie with red cards or something. Uh, this one ends up being Bedoya for yellow, and Colin gets the most red. <laughs> so if, is he going to even be in the games enough to uh, to, to uh, warrant a red card? He'll probably get a couple, like a handful of starts. At, at, somebody's going to make a bad run at Fof at a at a <laughs> Jamiro, and to quote the great. John Chaney, John Chaney. Uh, they're gonna send in the goon, <laughs> Nehemiah Ingram, from uh, from go. Temple. I remember that like it was very yesterday. excited for that moment. Um, well, Colin, actually, if we if I added question one hundred and one, who would be the most likely to get? Uh, who scares you the most in a game and <laughs> with crazy, ridiculous challenges that probably should be yellow cards? I would say that uh, 
Aurelian Colin gets that one for sure. Um, biggest. I kind of do want you to write this up now. Just like we need to keep track. Like I think at the I end know. of the season we do need to add up. We'll get our, uh, you know, we'll get our intern. We'll get our intern to do it. How about that? Oh, okay. Do we have an intern, yeah. Crossing Broad intern, right now? I don't think we do, but you know what? Summer's summer's not that far away, okay. and uh, it's totally conceivable that Kyle goes and makes a couple of hires. Okay, so we'll get an intern. We'll make them uh, go get us coffee and then listen to the episode of Always Soccer. Then they get a log this entire go. thing. Um, yeah. Number eleven and twelve. Give me your biggest surprise and biggest disappointment. I'm gonna say. Uh, biggest surprise will be uh, Jose Martinez uh, Brujo mm. I think will come on strong at the second part of the year um, mm-hmm. he showed some flashes in the preseason during the little bit of the shitty streams that I've been able to watch uh, biggest disappointment I don't think anybody's really going to disappoint I wrote down Oravets because I just think that people are going to judge him uh, you know, the biggest drop off is in his position. You know, I mean, he's got big shoes to fill with Harris leaving. So I think people are going to look at him originally and say, oh, he's only 21 years old, trying to fill in for an amazing possession guy in Madunian. And so I think people are going to have, you know, expectations of him that may, that may be unrealistic. And so then I think when we parse it, we'll say, oh, he had a, you know, he, he's not what we thought he was. But I think people got to frame it in a way to say, look, he's got like huge shoes to fill at the number six, you know? Yeah. So I've, I've got my my personal one and then what I think is going to happen for the fans. So my personal one is the same for both. Ray Gaddis starts virtually every game mm-hmm. at right back, which is both surprising that they will not have replaced him <laughs> and is also disappointing because yeah. they will not have replaced him. <laughs> I think from like the, the fan perspective, um, I, I, I like to go with the kind of hot take of Kai Wagner leading the team in assists. That would be surprising. And I guess the biggest disappointment from the fan perspective is Casper not leading the team in goals hmm, yeah. or not matching the tally from a season ago. Because That's a good call. Yeah. How many how many fans are going to look at it and say, all right, he had 15 last year. The team might be better this year, right? Uh, maybe, well, or you maybe might he, say like, it's closer, you know. Yeah, no, no, it's a good point. I was going to say, well, maybe you, maybe it's a, that would be uh that would show just how good the midfield was last year, kind of controlling the ball and Madunin and going up and you know pinging it around and stuff like that. It would you're gonna you're gonna learn this year. I think how much of what Casper did last year was uh, it was on him uh, versus you know how much he got good service from uh, from the rest of the guys around him. You know what I mean? Yep. Um, okay, let's do a batch of over unders here, thirteen through sixteen. Uh, number of goals scored. They scored fifty eight last year. Do you think they go over under this year? Um, I think they go under. I feel like it's an under too. Yeah, I feel like it's like a fifty-four, fifty-five, or something. Yeah, I don't think it's by much, but I think it's under. Uh, over under goals. Cons- I do think they're going to play a, a like a more tactically sound game without Harris. Well, here's but, uh, that lack of that lack of creativity on the flip side of that is is also what kind of hurts them in in terms of scoring. Well, the next one I had is over under for goals conceded. I think that they're I think their numbers are going to come down on both of these, I think they'll score probably like 54 to 58 last year. They gave up 50 goals. I think they'll give up like 44 to 46 this year. So I think they'll probably still be in like that plus seven to plus nine goal differential range, but you'll probably just see both of those numbers come down. Yeah. I agree. Uh, Over under on road wins Uh, last year, they had six. I'm going to set the over under at five. If we follow the uh, current Philly trajectory under Um, now let's go with over. 
you gonna say what do you think they get? I mean, it might it might it might only be six, but six isn't that inconceivable. Um, over under on home wins, uh, they had uh, ten last year. I'll set the number at nine. For my for my sixteen wins, I think I came up with, and they have to go over. <laughs> yeah, process of elimination. Right, right? They, let's just yeah, do the rest of the math. Yep. Um, number seventeen. Question number seventeen on the one hundredth episode of the Always Soccer in Philadelphia program. Who plays the most minutes? Uh, it should be Ale, um, unless card accumulation. Uh, the, I could I could make a very valid case that it's Brandon Aronson, hmm. because I think they're gonna I think they're gonna ping him all around to different spots in the midfield, and because he's young, they're gonna they're gonna rely on fresh legs, they're gonna rely on young legs, and I could see him legitimately playing. I don't know into the 80s every game at least. I can't believe Madunian, and when I'm looking at it now, he played every single minute last year. 3,060. Jack Elliott played every single minute too. Uh, and Gaddis. Oh, Jack Elliott's a good... Oh. Gaddis, yeah, Ray, Ray played... <laughs> Ray played and started in every single game, but he was the sacrificial lamb every time they went to three at the back when they were chase, chasing a game. So he finished with like 100 minutes less than Jack and Harris, even though he played in every game. I mean, I could see Elliott and Gaddis probably being probably being on the top of that um number 18 who plays the least minutes i mean i think you're probably looking at like a like one of the homegrowns might not even get in or like a 30 minutes or a 40 minutes or something like that maybe michi galena or something like that and olivier and baizo um that would be my take, like one of those dudes. You want it to just be a fringe guy or or do you want it to be like of the notable names like you can why don't you give me a notable name I wouldn't be surprised if we saw Les Elsinia. You'd think so. He played um, 1,083 minutes last year. He had 28 uh, appearances. 21 of them were off the bench. Like, I think at some point this team is going to have to be cognizant of the fact that Elsinia is really good for what he is. But what you started to see late in the season last year was teams, when he came in, they started to figure out the best way to shut him down. Now, yeah, granted, he's yeah. crafty enough that he's able to get out of that from time to time, but if that's what he's going to be this year, and, and really it is what he should be as they look to kind of turn the page and solidify their midfield, then he's he's kind of like a one-trick pony on that. A very skilled, very talented, you know, can work his way out of anything. Talented one-trick pony, but like, I wouldn't be surprised if, like, of all the, the bigger names or the, the ones that fans are most excited about or, or just love, uh, that El Sino doesn't factor in as, you know, nearly as much as you might hope. Yeah. Um, question number 19. Will the Union have an all-star game representative? Um, I will say... Yes, I think they'll have one representative. I think Jamiro Montero will go to the All-Star game. Uh, let me go with I I think there's a chance to get two. Who's your two? No. Just kidding. Yeah. Well, oh, you're just you're being I, I want uh, super positive for me. I desperately want to see uh Blake have a, a real lockdown. This is why we never sold him off kind of year. Mm-hmm. And I I don't know if we're ever going to get there. I think at this point, like, he clearly is well beyond when his highest value would have been on the transfer market. But it would be good to see him go out 
and have an absolute stud year, which means none of the mental lapses, which means none of the weak, fluffy goals that you know occasionally dog him, none of the bad miscommunication with his back line where no one knows what the hell is going on yeah, and, yeah. and you get beat over the top. Um, and the, I, I think I can make a case that Jack Elliott uh, could be an outside candidate, yep. a dark horse candidate. He to had a the little bit. There team. was a little bit of noise that he got snubbed last year. You know, you heard a little bit of that. But it's like you know, it's a Philadelphia Union center back. I mean, it's like nobody's paying attention to center backs in the first place. There's always bias against the center back, as we all well know. Sure. And, uh, you know, the Philadelphia Union weren't a sexy team last year. You know, I mean, they played like a team, so it wasn't like there was one dude that stood out more than anybody. I think that I think that kind of bit them in the ass, you know. Um, yeah. How many points, question number 20, uh, we're 20% of the way there. How many points from the first two games at Dallas and at LAFC? I hate to say it, man, but, like, no Wagner because uh, he's injured with this K- whatever-the-fuck-KF thing. Um, Vooten is injured. They didn't look amazing in the preseason. I think they're still trying to piece it together. Um, I feel like they start out the way they started last year. I feel like they start out 0-2. I think they're going to lose at Dallas and at LAFC, and I think they come home and beat San Jose. So, realistically, you're right. Um, I think there's a chance that they could come out and get one point. I think they kind of have to. Where do you think they get it? Do you think think they get it at Dallas or L.A.? It's funny they played so well against LA last year that that it's not inconceivable that it could happen. Yeah. Especially like I I feel like between the two teams, between Dallas and between LAFC, LAFC is more likely to get themselves mentally checked out looking at an injured Union team and not thinking much of it. Um and maybe that's where you steal it. If I had to put money on it though, I'd say there there's a higher chance that they take it from Dallas. Um, question number 21, how long do we think it will take this team to click? And that's kind of arbitrary because, you know, it's like, what the hell does that mean? What does click mean? But, you know, if you look at last year, they lost the first two games. They came back and then they won. And I think it was like April, mid-April, I guess, they just started to like kind of look like the team that we saw for the rest of the year. Um, I feel like they start a little slow. You know, I just I, – I, I, at the risk of beating a dead horse, like I was a big – I know I criticize Madunian in a lot on this podcast for his lack of defense and how many times he killed them in transition, but I think that's a big hole there, and I think it's going to be, even though you're only replacing one starter, really, I mean, it's kind of the key starter who kind of like drove the way that you played and you kind of built around him and protected him. Um, I think they probably go five or six games before they start to like kind of figure out what they want to do with this new style. Yeah, I could see this being a, a team that takes until May. For them to really figure out the rotations i think they can like be successful in the meantime but like when you're thinking clicking like clicking to me says we know what our rotation is mm-hmm. and the guys know what to expect game in and game out i mean jim's always been the kind of guy that that makes the same substitutions at the same general time yeah, yeah. right i think it's i think sometime around may is probably when you're looking at at really knowing what this team is questions number 23 and 24 who starts the season at center back and who ends the season at center back um glessness looks really interesting to me um i've liked what i've seen from him so far i think jim probably starts mark mckenzie and jack elliott to begin the season um i think one of those guys falls out of favor at some point we probably see the same thing that we saw 
last year with Jack just sort of holding it down or one of the center backs holding it down. And then each of the other guys gets a little stretch at, at the other center back spot. I think they start the season with McKenzie and Elliott. I think they end the season with Elliott and uh, Glessness. Uh, I think they start with McKenzie and Elliott. And I think that you would be right, but there might be an injury at the end, and we end up with the same two to end. Yeah, that's true. Um, question number 25, who starts the season at the number six? I mean, I guess we all think it's going to be Oravets. Um, so let me ask you this question. I'm going to kind of like string it this way. Um, does anybody push uh, Oravets at the number six this year? Do we think uh, Martinez or Craval can get in there at all? I mean, you would, you would kind of hope that there's not much of a of a reason to to need that push. Yeah. Like if if Warren Craval ends up playing any kind of meaningful minutes for this team, it's a problem. It means something's gone horribly wrong. Or it means that there's been a really bad evaluation done here by Ernst Tanner or a very bad job of implementing him into the system. I think you just got to kind of roll with him. We're going to pause for a second here. I'm going to play a clip from the Always Soccer soundboard. Yeah. Uh, we have sort of a problem here. Okay, uh, we're going to continue with uh, number 26. Does Ray Gaddis finish the season at right back? Uh, I say yes, he does. Yep. He starts and ends. Question number seven. Does and, we, and, we, and we sit here how many times that <laughs> season saying, I know, I know. why in God's name is this man still doing this task. Listen, I had, you know, I had uh, Marlon LeBlanc on the last podcast uh, who coached Ray at West Virginia. And I asked him straight up and I was like, look, you know, I just, I don't, you know, I'm not sure his offensive game is where it needs to be. Um, And I I really like how Marlon answered the question. He said, look, yeah, Ray's a defender first and maybe they just don't need him to go forward. And it's, it's absolutely true. It was absolutely true uh, when you had Harris Madunian in there. And uh, I've made the point like a thousand times, but you know, Ray was a good fit for Madunian because they didn't need him to go forward. They had enough offensive firepower with the other guys, but there were still moments of frustrated you where he could get forward and he didn't. Um, you know, and then we saw what Keegan Rosenberry was with Brian Carroll, a uh, much better pairing with Brian Carroll than he was with Madunian. And so, you know, I, I get. Uh, I, I think Marlon kind of hits the nail on the head when he says, "Look, they don't need him to uh, to get forward." But you know, I think there's another See, layer, but- another layer to the question. Like, the, the, okay, we've established that they don't ask him to get forward. But the question I would like to ask is, well, I mean, after eight years in the league, like, shouldn't he develop something, some kind of attacking game? You know, I think I think you have to take that into account as to. You know, it's not like it's not 2012 again. It's not Ray's not straight out of West Virginia. You know, he's been doing this for a long time. Yeah, I mean, with with all due respect, it's like, do they need him to get forward? No. But if you go back, how many games last year? He gets, what, at least four, five, six opportunities where he's in the final third and can't do anything to, to make a, yeah, a, yeah. an impactful play. Mm-hmm. So maybe it's not like they're designing it so that he ends up in those situations, but the fact still stands that he's in those situations and he's not good enough when in those positions to make an impactful play for the team. Well, I think we're going to, yeah, we're going to find out. That's one of the like key things that I'm watching for on Saturday is, you know, what does he look like playing next to a traditional six? I mean, I think that's, you know, if the number, to me, the number one storyline is, you know, Harris, Madunian, and how do they, how do they look without Harris? And, you know, if that's, if that's number one, or 1A, then 1B to me is, you know, how, how do the guys who played around him last year, how do they play next to a, next to a different dude? You know what I mean? 
Um, yep. Number 28. Oh, okay. Number 28. Uh, oh, no. Number 27. I'm sorry. Does Ray score his first MLS goal this year? I hope not. You hope not? I hope not. It is kind of a crazy streak. I don't want it? like I, I, I don't want the stupid like social media goes nuts because he finally had this moment <laughs> like he's Rudy. Like he's a professional player and like at some point he's gotta score, you would think. Like yeah. he, again, he's gonna be in the position to do it. But it's just like I guess I shouldn't say I don't hope I it's not that I don't hope he doesn't score it. It's just like I, I don't want to deal with all the fanfare and like the the almost mocking that's gonna happen. Mm. That it's like finally it's it's yeah. happened for the guy. It's like all right, you know, like for him, like yeah, it'd be cool to score your score your first goal. But again, like the fact that it hasn't happened at this point, like well, uh, yeah, it's troubling. I just like one part of me wants to see like Ray's a great dude, so I'd love for him to get an MLS goal, of course. But like, yeah, there is the the other side of it where it's like. Uh, you know, everybody's going to go nuts on Twitter and, you know, you'll see all these memes and shit like that. And maybe it'll be fun for a little bit. And then, uh, you know, just be like, all right, well, it's more important that he, uh, you know, develops something going for it. To me, it'll be, it'll tell me that he actually has something going forward. Maybe if he scores a great goal on like an overlap and gets into the box or something like that. Amazing. Uh, if he, if he scores on like a deflected, like put back off a corner kick or something like that, then fuck it. You know, if, if he scores his first goal and it's like, paired with the fact that he was able to get forward and do something in the final third, then I think I would be excited about that. Um, listen, if we get to say that, if we get to listen to Tommy, we get to say, oh, Ray, he finally got to put it in the old onion bag. <laughs> I mean, I guess that would be worth it, wouldn't it? Um, It'd have to go down as like an all-time top three <laughs> Philadelphia Union clip, right? Good idea. Um, number 28, how much will the Union miss Harris Madunian? And I think they're going to miss him big time initially, like you know, the first five or six games, and then I think they'll, I think they'll figure it out from there. I mean, look, they're in a transitional phase. You know, last year was a transition. It was half Ernie Stewart ball, or it was like one third Ernie Stewart ball, one third Jim Curtin ball, one third Ernst Tanner ball, and now it's kind of like this year. It's going to be like seventy-five percent Ernst Tanner ball and twenty-five percent Jim Curtin. Yeah, I I think that I I'm going to take the inverse of your answer. Hmm. I think they might actually be okay with Adam to start. I think there's that chance that in the middle of the season, they hit a little bit of a lull. And when you need that dynamic playmaker, you need that dynamic guy to be able to, to ping a ball from deep and get things started. You kind of miss that, that level. And this team goes through maybe two or three games in a row where they just have a hard time connecting from the midfield to up top. And, and you start to wonder if, if teams have maybe gotten, gotten the book on the union um, and you, you had that dynamic uh, kind of playmaking taken out of there. I'm going to pair uh, questions 29, 30, and 31 all together uh, because they're kind of like a similar topic. Number 20, 29, can uh, Mate Orovets pass the ball anywhere close to Madunian's level? Number 30, does Warren Craval pass the ball well enough to start at the six? Uh, and number 31, is Jose Martinez ready to start? Um, or do we think he has a growth year, like an adjustment year, similar uh, to what we got from Sergio Santos last year? I'm going to say no. Orovec can't pass the ball anywhere close to Medunian's level, but he'll get better as the season progresses. I don't think that Warren passes the ball well enough to to justify a start at the six. I think he gets happy feet and he kind of gets the ball caught under his feet and he usually takes an extra touch every time he's on the ball. And uh, Martinez, I feel like he's probably closer to starting quality than they made it seem. Uh, so I think he'll probably see more of him initially than I than I originally thought. 
I thought the Martinez thing was like one of the weirder things to happen. They signed him and, and it was almost just like preaching so much caution with him. And he was the first and signing they made. It's like, oh, we made the signing, but wait. <laughs> like, don't, don't get ahead we of We made a signing, but don't get excited because it's going to take a while. Yeah. It's like that doesn't, that doesn't jive well. So hopefully he is better than they seem to want to make people think he was. Um, number 32, which homegrown player takes the biggest leap? Uh, I'm going to say that I hope it's Anthony Fontana. Um, and I think it's like crazy that I look back at his minutes last year. And uh, Anthony Fontana played 119 minutes in eight games. He played eight games, but he only played 119 minutes. What is that, like 10 minutes a game or something like that? Like, uh, 15 minutes a game. I mean, I just feel like uh, I feel like in the time that he was out there last year, like he was pretty good. Yeah. Um, let me ask you, who's your starting midfield right now? My starting midfield. Yeah. Um, I've got Brendan Aronson at the ten. I've got Jamiro on the left. I've got Bedoya on the right. And I've got Oravets at the six. <sighs> so, I think that it's probably how it's going to start. But I, I would like to see Fontana get a shot. I yeah. I wonder if at some point if at some point the system changes a bit. And I don't know how it's going to look, but I feel like at some point we're gonna see a lot of looks where you have both Fontana and Aronson on the field at the same time. Mm. I like him coming and off I guess the bench. I, kinda... I think he had some good sub minutes, you know. I could even see him being like the ten who comes off the bench around like sixty, seventy, yeah. you know. I could just say, like, and maybe it, it ends up just being that, like, there are games that Jamiro misses, and then you push Aronson out to the left, and Fontana plays the 10 in some of those games. I don't know. I, I, I want to see the kid actually get some, some minutes and get some opportunity with the team this year, because I, I don't think he was bad by any stretch last year. I think, I think Jim and the staff just decided that they were really going to rock with Aronson, and I think maybe they were a little bit too overly reliant on him and I felt like at some point it almost felt like Fontana ended up in a in a doghouse that he didn't necessarily belong in. Um I would have liked to have seen a, a little bit more of an equal distribution of minutes between those two. Maybe we'll see it this year, I don't know. Number 33 and number 34. Uh does Brendan Aronson do a better job absorbing contact and staying on his feet? And number 34, have we put too much on his shoulders at a young age? I'm going to say yes and yes to both of those. I feel like he got into great spots this year. He was small, got knocked off the ball pretty easily, and he would never get the whistles that he should have gotten from refs. Um but I feel like we put such, you know, because the state of the US national team is what it is right now. Um, an 18 year old kid has to come out and score like one goal or just like fart on the field and everybody goes crazy. Like it's the next biggest thing. You know, I think like people are looking at Aronson a little, like, like a, putting a little too much stock into him right now. He's got a lot that he's got to prove. And, uh, I think he's going to, I think he has a great platform to do it this year. I agree. Yes. And yes. Uh, number 35, will Alejandro Bedoya, uh, contribute more goals and assists with more of a license to get forward? I say Yes. Um, Ali last year had four goals and four assists, but I think a lot of the times he kind of always had to look over his shoulder and see what Madunian was doing. You know, I think if he's got a, a more traditional number six behind him, I think he can probably do a little bit more going forward. I'll say like five goals and six assists. I'm going to say no. I think that we could be looking at a, a situation where Ali ends up um, playing more of a defensive role. Um Hmm. I, I don't know if it's just a personnel swap. I don't know if it's an injury that causes it. But I would not be surprised to see him drop back more 
And maybe it's in those sets where you end up seeing a guy like Fontana come in and maybe it ends up, um, you know, pushing Ollie back to the six in those sets. I don't know what that would look like. I'm not saying it's the right thing to do, but I, I don't see him having a, a much of a boom in terms of, of points that he puts up. Questions number 36 and 37. Uh, will the union add a third DP and uh, will they make another early season signing like a uh, like a Jamiro from last year when he came over in April? I don't think so. I don't think they add the third DP, but Jim has been kind of alluding to another Jamiro kind of thing. I could see that happening again for sure. Uh, I don't know. Number thirty-eight. I, 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 I yeah. <laughs> I don't think. I don't think third DP. No, I mean I don't I can't, know if they'll yeah, make no, I, I, I don't think so either. Yeah. I just think he got lucky too with Jamiro. To be honest, last year, like the the fact that he mm. he got into the he got in with this team, built chemistry early, and it didn't feel like it took him the half a season that it should. Yeah, have that's a that's a good to get point. acclimated to the system. That was in a kind of an underrated so, topic how he was able to just kind of come in and seamlessly kind of kind of play well. You know, um, yeah, I mean, without a preseason, I mean that rarely happens. Uh, number thirty eight. Will Tommy Smith incorrectly pronounce a name? Um, of course he will. I can't. Uh, unfortunately, He's, they don't get to play Seattle again this year, uh, or else we would get Saad Abdul Salami. <laughs> Remember that? Uh, I think Tommy's probably going to screw up at least three members of the unions. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, Salam uh, Saad Abdul Salami now plays for Cincinnati. I forgot that he uh, he moved over there. So we will get to maybe here. Well, there you go. Saad Abdul Salami. Uh, number 39, why did the TV rights announcement take so long? They announced it today, um, and there's a streaming option available, which is fucking amazing. It just like makes life so much easier because I don't have to be glued to the, the TV now. Like I can put it on my phone and like uh, put the baby to bed or, or whatever, you know, like take it around the house if my wife is watching Below Deck Sailing Yacht. You know, I can watch it on my phone or something, right? I don't got to like be uh, glued oh, to the TV. Boy. Welcome to the 21st century. They did a really nice job. You know, they got a TV uh, TV and streaming deal at the same time. I mean, really nice job by by Tim McDermott. Yeah, the streaming is a is a big thing. Um, I, I have to be honest with you. I ended up buying an antenna last year, which uh, had very mixed results with two little kids running around the house. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. And me trying to finagle that thing into like a front window and, and not have them... <laughs> you know clothesline themselves yeah, with yeah, it yeah. so the streaming thing is nice and nice. i will say to people who are out of the area who want to still be able to try to access it you could use locast l-o-c-a-s-t if you're out of the market and then try to make it believe you're in philly and that'll allow you to stream phl are you you're not suggesting anything only, you're way. not using this program to suggest any uh illicit activity are you it's free software Oh, okay. They ask for donations, but it's okay. free. Well, as long as this podcast stays up and I don't get a letter from a lawyer saying, Russell uh, said something <laughs> he should not have said. <laughs> <laughs> Number 41, I'm not going to read because it's irrelevant now and I forgot to update it. Question 41 was originally, do, would you care if they went strictly with a streaming deal and no television? I would be fine if it was only a, a stream and they did like an ESPN Plus or something like that because the, who the fuck cares? I mean, like everybody's streaming something these days, so I wouldn't have any issue with that. The only thing that I think would be a yeah, pain in almost, the ass there is that like you wouldn't like you would kill your ability to like watch it at a bar or something like you're not going to ask them to t- turn on the TV or whatever you know. Yeah, I was going to say though, like oddly enough, it it might have worked out 
better for them because all the people who have ESPN Plus would have been like, oh, okay, well, here's the team. Versus like when it's on PHL, I, I don't know who watches PHL for anything. Yeah. No offense to the fine folks at PHL who do a lovely job, Steve I'm sure. Steve Smith and the Mummers Parade. Yeah. yeah, but it's like, yeah, that those are the only two reasons I turned on PHL last year mm-hmm. were for parades and your team, your town, your Philadelphia Union. Philadelphia Union and uh, Froggy Car in blackface. Um, number 42 and number 43 are kind of along the same with same thing here. Uh, why was the offseason hype lacking? Like, I don't really like they're coming off their best season ever. And I don't feel like there's like much like juice going into this year. And uh, number 43 is why do the union pick such poor times to announce player signings? They announced of uh, Martinez like the morning after an Eagles and Dallas game. <laughs> and then they did like. When Oravets went official, I, th- I think it was Oravets. It was like a, like a Thursday afternoon at like six o'clock or something. That might be an uh, the whole reason that the hype is down is because this team decided to have Jay Ajayi represent it uh, for the esports. <laughs> yeah. And once people saw him get slaughtered, they thought we are bleeped. <laughs> That's and why that was the hype it. is down because Jay Ajayi got yep. got smoked in FIFA. In FIFA. Um, Number forty-four, and he didn't. He really did not put the ball in the old onion basket, did he? <laughs> the uh, the opponent was putting the ball in the uh, in the onion bag. Dulsta, that fucking traitor, Dulster. When I see him, <laughs> tell you what. By the Dulsta, way, are you? Uh, no, speaking listen. Of, I got a, speaking of. I got a message I, real quick. I got a message for Dulsta. You better not show your face in Philadelphia next year. <laughs> wow. Ooh, very. Right, I'm sorry. Carry on. Very intimidating. Are you going to do the uh, FIFA tournament? Dulster. No, but I think you are, right? The media tournament? I I, I guess I have to then, right? Somebody's got to represent yeah, the Yeah, you site. should. Did I miss the RSVP? As long as you, I'm going to check uh, that right now. As long as you score a goal, <laughs> I think you'll do better than uh, the J train did. Uh, Not you want to hear a really bad joke? I shouldn't tell this joke right now. Tell the joke. Tell the What's... joke. <laughs> tell the joke. God, I can't believe I'm saying this. Uh, what's better right now, Jay Ajayi's FIFA skills or his knees? Oh, guy's a Super Bowl winner, man. So I don't feel bad. I mean, like he's a moment of silence for Jay Ajayi's knees. <laughs> I feel bad, man, because he like his. He, you wouldn't even honor the moment of silence. The hell's wrong short with you? Was his career, man? His career was so short because of his knees. But he won a Super Bowl and had like an amazing year in Miami. But like for his his career to be as short as it was is like a travesty, you know. And these running backs aren't getting enough money for because their careers are so short. That's why Zeke Elliott and dudes like that are are holding out because they got to get the money now, you know. So, yeah, but you know what? JJ lives a pretty blessed life. That's true. Because every time he opens his mouth to talk, he gets that amazing surprise look from every human being who's ever encountered him when he rips out that that beautiful British it is accent. A great accent isn't you it? just don't yeah. expect it. Um, just imagine if like everybody you've ever met in your life just gets huge eyes and it's like, wow, whoa, hold on. Tell me the story. Tell me about your I'd life. I'd like to uh, apologize to Jay Ajayi for my Ajayi joke. Uh, we're going to continue with question number 44. Eh, I don't really like this question. Let's go to 45. Um, over, under. It's not a hundred question pod if you okay, skip 44. Will El Senior's production drop off or it will, will it remain kind of what it was last year? And number 45, over, under on El Senior goals plus assists. I'm going to set it at nine. I think he had 10 uh, total. I don't know. What did he have last year? He had uh, 
fuck me. Where is it? Oh, he had five goals and eight assists last year. Do you think he, uh, he he's over? Do you think he's over 10 again? He had 13, 13 uh, combined last year. Do you think he goes over 13 or over 10 combined goals and assists or under 10? Uh, I'll go with a push. I think he ends oh, on okay. nine. Because like I said in the beginning, I think he's going to have a decrease in minutes. But he's still dynamic enough where he's going to have oh, true. Yeah, it'll just be a product of, of him not playing as much. Okay, I'm going to rifle through these next four questions. Uh, will the union miss Fafa Pico? I say no um, because, again, it was just a better a better fit for Fafa in Dallas where he can start and play on the wing. Uh, will the union miss Marco Fabian? I say no. I think they'll find somebody to replace his goal scoring. Uh, number 48, will the Union miss Corey Burke? I say no. Uh, they got enough goal scorers. Number 49, will the Union miss Austin Trusty? I say no, because, you know, Glessness looks like the real deal. Does that sound good for me? Uh, okay. Do you have the questions up where you are right now? I okay. do. Why don't you yeah. uh, read the, the second half do you want, of them? Do you want me to flip a few on yeah, you? Yeah, why don't you read the second All half? Right. Yeah. All right, which position concerns you most heading into the uh, end of the year? That's number 50. Um, I, think, I still think it's right fullback. Not not concerned. Not not that I think Ray can't do a good job doing what he does there, but I feel like you you're gonna need something something more out of that this year. Um, will Matt Riel take a step forward? Not at left back, but I'd like to see him come off the bench some more this year and play left midfield. You know, I thought he did some good things when he was playing higher up the field this year, where he didn't have the responsibility of defending in space. Uh, does Olivia Imbizo? get any meaningful first team minutes i don't know my gut's telling me no he only played 195 minutes last year he started three games i can't even remember the three games or i started two games i'm sorry and he played in three i can't even remember what the hell those were um let's not forget that he was one of the names mentioned when the team moved on from keegan rosenberry as a guy who was ready to to step into that talk about a quote that just like does not sit right you know and like kind of just sticks in your craw for a while you know yep yep uh, let me. I'm gonna do this next one in Tommy Smith okay. voice. Does Mitchie and Galina Galina get any meaning from first team minutes? I'm gonna say no, not unless there's an injury. Um, I, you know, with Vooten having his in whatever the fuck issue that is. I mean, I could see him, you know, getting some bench time for sure. Now that they're playing two strikers, but uh, I don't know if he'll start any games. Uh, Cole Turner. Projective where I make any impact this season. I think they'll they'll get some minutes. I mean, you know, these guys who are in their first year, Jim seems to like to throw them in there a bunch. You know, there's always this first year boom, and then it's kind of like the second year bust. You know what I mean? So I think they'll do enough. You know, with such again, it goes back to the Brendan Aronson thing. It's like, you know, all the all the homegrown has to do is take like one shot, and people are like, oh man, this is amazing. He's the next best thing. So I think with that going for them, I think they'll they'll make an impression this year, but. Um, It'll probably just be like, you know, Aronson of the past, Fontana of the past, something like that. Number 55, most player to be sold, or most, player most likely to be sold to Ty Wagner if his calf is healthy. It'd be a shame. Yeah, but, you know, those players, like, you that, don't expect that, to get more than, like, a year and a half out of those kinds of players. Maybe when you look at, like, international transfer patterns and stuff like that, you know. Like, uh, how long was uh, the the that Halan dude at Salzburg? You know, not very long, you know, before he goes yeah. to Dortmund, you know. So. You're probably right, though. Uh, 56, is a 4-4-2 diamond still the best shape for yes. this team? Yeah, I think it is. 
Will we continue to see the four two three one? Yeah, times? I think Jim. As long as right. Jim Curtin's coaching this team, he's going to switch to it at points in the second half to try. I mean, you still got to play that to get El Senio on the field, don't you? Probably, yeah. Uh, number fifty eight. Will the Union start in a three five two or save that for end of game situation? Sounds like it's just going to be an end of game situation. But I would love for them to come out with uh, three center backs. I would have the biggest Union boner in philadelphia <laughs> maybe that's the way to go out and get some kind of a result against dallas or lafc just come out and and smack them with something they don't expect <laughs> to come see out in some some right? crazy shape that they're not like expecting at all that's a good way to, to look at it. yeah yep. then they just go over to the sideline jim smirks <laughs> he gazes across the sideline yeah yeah, yeah. peers into the soul of his opponent, who stares back at him, realizes he's a redhead and has no soul of his own. Fan fiction. Oh fan fiction. Probably on Reddit somewhere. Yeah. Union fan fiction. All right, number 59. Should the team has have a designated penalty taker? I always like having your top striker take it when they're out there. But, you know, I've I, the thing with, you know, having a designated penalty taker is like, what if he, you know, is not playing well that day or he misses a sitter early in the game or something like that. Do you stick with, you know, do you do something like you're, are you glued to that? Or you say, Hey, listen, this guy's feeling it today. I'm going to step up and take it. Like I can see both sides of it, but I think Jim's philosophy has always just been to let the dude sort it out. I have an idea mm-hmm. for you. You know, you asked a little bit ago, does the team go out and get a, a third DP? Do they make a, a late signing or an early signing? I guess if you want to call it that. I think mm. they do. And his name is Roland Alberg, <laughs> who comes in just to take penalties. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then he gets upset when he can't, when he can't do it. And then, uh, <laughs> Can you imagine if uh, Roland Alberg were on last year's team and, and Bedoya in all of his rage, if oh they just God. had to go toe-to-toe? There was one. Uh, I don't know if you be. remember uh, when Jermaine Defoe played for Toronto. He, like, insisted on taking this penalty, but this guy, Gilberto, decided to take it instead. And Gilberto, like, yep. blasted it, like, 150 miles off the underside of the bar. <laughs> it was, like, yep. the best penalty I've ever seen in my entire life. And Defoe is just, like, laugh. They just cut to him, and he's, like, laughing, walking off the field. That's what it would be if, yep. if Alberg came back. Uh, should the team, ha- or sorry, do the uh, do we like the new Artisano logo? I could really? care less. Like, what the fuck? It's like, I, uh, by the way, I bought Artisano bread for the first time this week to show my support for the. Union. How was it? It's good. It's like thick. It's kind of like thicker. It's like a. It's like not like French toast bread, but it's like definitely thicker than your average bread. Like this ain't no Strowman's, uh, but it's white. You know, it's like white and kind of. Not powdery. What's the word I'm looking for? I don't know. It's kind of like fluffy, but it's good. Yeah, I like the bread, but I don't need to Can see it on a on a soccer shirt. What the fuck? So the Artisano logo to me is like a combo of two things. It looks like there was the year that uh, first of all, it looks like Comic Sans, and the other thing is like it reminds me of I think it was two years ago. Real Madrid had an alternate kit that kind of had that handwritten sort of look. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think it matches the aesthetic of the jersey. Yeah. But I think anytime you can have something that doesn't, to the average person, read as bimbo, it's probably a, a step in That's the right true. direction. And I know that like people get upset, and a lot of times like Union fans, like after they get done secretly hating the fact that the team didn't get a better sponsor, uh, 
the first thing is like, well, no, it's Beambo. Mm -hmm. And they're located where? Horsham, right? And some people are like, oh, man, we, you know, Beambo, packed with love. And like, nobody really cares. Yeah. All right? Like, it's not, it's just not a good, you talk about optics. Yeah. You're still walking around and people look at it and they say, why do you have Bimbo on your shirt? And that's, that's the question you're going to have until, like, for all the different brands that Bimbo has, the fact that they don't have a different logo for a different, like a different version of one of their brands on each kit is kind of perplexing. Speaking to me, of to be uh, speaking of font, the font that's used in the Always Soccer in Philadelphia uh, graphic or like the artwork or whatever, the font is Hobo. Is that okay. insensitive? Yeah. Hobo. Um. Probably a little I bit. I wonder why it's yeah. named that. If you're a font expert and you know why the font is named Hobo, uh, send me a direct message. It was because the person who designed it was from Hoboken. They weren't homeless? No. They were from Hoboken. They were just okay. from Hoboken. Well, if you know, if you can confirm what Russ is saying, then DM me. <laughs> Do we like the black Adidas kits, number 61? I think they look sharp. I'm like colorblind, though, so I can't really tell what the fuck they actually look like. I like the snake, but I don't uh, think I can. I, I don't feel like I can see the snake like very well. Like it's not as pronounced. That's the yeah. problem. Is it's a really it was a a really good step in the right direction. It was I I think it was almost like they were a little bit afraid to go all in on it. They were worried that it was going to be like I don't know could could there be such a thing as there being too much snake, because it's obviously part of the the team's Mm -hmm. crest do they think it was like too over the top i think it's good though like i think it's a good looking kid i think so too they've certainly done worse in the past so um number 62 hold on let me i'm just double checking this thing there's one there's one issue that i have with that kit i think you and i agree Mm -hmm. on this it's the the color of the beambo logo oh yeah because it's it's uh it's the same color as it always was It, it like clashes with the kit yeah yep that's the problem. Yeah. Um, all right. Does Andre Blake have a bounce yeah, back I think year? So. I do too. All star year. Uh, number sixty three. Over under Casper Shabilko goals fifteen. I think last we both year. said he's going to be down a little bit this year. Yep. Over under Sergio Santos. Sergio Santos four goals over under. I say yeah, over. definitely over. He had four last year. Didn't play a ton of minutes until the end. I think he scores like probably like seven to nine. Is that what I said earlier um, in the Over, podcast? under, and... Yeah, over, under, Andrew Vooten goals. Obviously, we can't set that as zero unless... Uh, are we going to count own goals? God, I, you know, let's set uh, his... Let's set, of, let's set it at three? You're going to set it at three for Andrew Vooten, who's making like 500000 I mean, I think he's going to have more than that, so I don't Let's I don't, set don't it know. at seven. I will say he scores... I think he scores uh, eight goals this year. I think he scores less than that. Like I, Like I said before... It's probably going to be a close to a three-way tie. He gets seven. I'll go with I'm going to set again. number 66, and then I'll give control back to you. Ray Gaddis starts. I'm going to set the over-under at 31. <laughs> uh, <laughs> over. <laughs> yeah, I think he starts like probably like 30-some games again. Yep. Uh, over-under Anthony Fontana minutes. Let's set it at 10. <laughs> If it's if it's not the over, then I will resign from the prestigious I'll give, pod. Uh, the podcast to Zeitlin; he can do it solo. There you go. 
over under Jamiro Montero assists. He had nine last year. Let's set it. Let's set it at eight. I'll say over. I say he gets ten. He bags ten this year. Okay. Uh, Sixty nine. Should Jamiro have license to shoot from distance? I say hell no. Absolutely not. No chance on God's green earth should this man ever think of trying to unload a shot from further than 10 yards out. (laughs) How many times last year did he get the ball at the top of the box wide open? This unbelievably crafty, gifted man who can get himself out of the tightest positions, even tighter positions than you see El Sino get himself out of. And yet when he would go to strike through, he whiffed or would miss hit that ball in a way that would make Chris Wondolowski blush in the World Cup. I have two thoughts ago. here, and I'll keep it quick since we're running on an hour now. Um, no, he should not have license to shoot because, like you said, he's your most one of your most creative guys out there. You want him setting up other people first. Uh, number two, Jim talked about this. He gave Tannenwald a long-winded answer about feet uh, during a conference call. Like, I wear a size 12. Uh, Jameer Montero is tiny. Like, I tower over him, which is ridiculous, but he's a 400 better times soccer player than all of us are. Um, When you have small feet or you're small, you have a low center of gravity, you strike the ball with a different surface area. You know, because he's so small, like he can put this crazy bend and swerve and dip on the ball if he catches it a certain way. It's kind of like Sebastian Javinko, but it's also unpredictable when you hit a ball that way. You know, so I think there's just like there's probably going to be less consistency in the way that he hits a shot from distance because he's putting, he's hitting it with a smaller surface area with smaller feet uh, versus, you know, like a big, like thumper, like a Connor Casey who's going to like hit drive the ball pretty much the same way every time. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. Uh, number 70 over under uh, Martinez minutes. I'm going to go with uh, Jose Martinez going. 900 mm, minutes. I'm going to set the over. I'm going to say he plays about 1,000. Okay. It would be a nice sign. It would. Yeah, I think you'd be on track if he did that. Like, 1,000 would put him right around, uh, like, right between, like, what Ilsenio and Fabian played last year. Number 71, do more people refer to Martinez as Martinez or El Brujo? I think people kept saying Brujo because they couldn't remember what his name was. And Brujo was just easier to remember. But I think Martinez will end up winning it. Uh, let me let me make a bonus question. How many people get in arguments about whether Brujo really refers to a wizard, a sorcerer, a shaman, or a warlock? Well, it wasn't a shaman. It was a, a wizard, a warlock, or a sorcerer were the three. Oh, no, it can be a shaman. It definitely well, I, can. I, but I don't think it can because aren't they like the spiritual like animal people like when you play a video game like the shaman always has like a like a like a tree hugger kind of vibe what i'm telling you is in spanish sh- it, it definitely can refer to a shaman oh okay well there you go hundo percent shaman 100%. Jose Martinez. yeah i don't know i don't know i think the concept of like calling him a warlock is pretty neat though you can't be really upset sounds with that, very you? demonic i kind of like it yeah, you need a little bit of uh, of that, I guess, on the team. Um, number 72, Colin starts three. Let's set the over-under at three. Under. I think he starts two games this year. Ooh, I think it's a push. I like to set it. I like just doing the push. It's a three. Um, Oravich starts 73. Yeah, I think he's uh, – oh. oh, I'm sorry. Um, 
No, sorry, that's question number 73, not... Um, Mate Oravets, I think he starts... I'm going to set the over-under at 22 games. I think he starts 23 games this year. Okay. Um, Over-under, Kai Wagner assists. Let's call it Über oder Unter. Let's go with Sieben. What the fuck does that mean? Sieben? Über, over, unter... Under Zeeben, oh, seven. seven. Zeeben, you yeah, go yeah, over yeah. or only, under. You got to go über oder unter. I only knew how to count as German. far as Rammstein counted in the uh, Lynx 234 uh, video. Um, I'm going to say he has eight assists. I'm going to say over. So über. Okay. I agree. He's going to lead the team in assists. Uh, number 75, this is your question. What the hell is up with Kai's calf? But I'm concerned. Like, they don't seem to know what the fuck it is. And, like, he's not ready for the season opener. How does that happen? They got they got the Eagles training number staff s- this year. Uh, number 76, over under, how many beers will Kevin Kincaid drink at the Larimer this year? You said it at 32. Well, I figure if I get down, I'm going to try to get down there uh, more this year now that my daughter's one year old and she's like old enough, I can take her a bunch of places or whatever. I'm going to bring her down there. I'm going to go, uh, I'm going to go to 16 games this year. I'm going to drink two beers at each, each time. It's going to be 32. I'm going to push at 32 beers. I think this is going to be a rejuvenated Kevin Kincaid season. Is it a bounce back season? I think the Sixers have, I think the Sixers have just sucked a lot <laughs> oh of life God, out dude, of you. You have no idea. And so you going you going back to your roots, going back to roots, the union, bloody roots. It's going to do a lot I of know. good for you. I can't wait. I hope you go over thirty two. I hope so. I too. do. I think if we let you to your own devices after watching the Sixers drop <laughs> a god awful performance in Cleveland, you might go through thirty two yourself yeah. this evening. Keep that man god away from willing. Chester. Number seventy seven. What's the next business that should come to the Chester Sheets. waterfront? I guess. Oh, God, that would be great. I would I would drive to Chester just to go get cheese. <laughs> you fucking cornball. Good. Good God. It'd be so good. People would be like, wait a second. People would be like, this is stupid. Where's my Wawa? And then they'd go in and they'd be like, wait a second. There's a fryer? Excuse me? <laughs> what? And that's it. And that is what turns around the Chester waterfront. No, no, it's not. It's not the infusion of private capital. It's not government deciding to finally do its job and provide the funds that were <laughs> promised all those years ago. No, no. Bring that sheets fryer. Show people the original MTO made-to-order system, and let them put tater tots on whatever the hell they want. That is how you turn around the Chester waterfront. I'm Russ Joy, and I approve this message. <laughs> Sponsored by Bloomberg for president. <laughs> Should get him to sponsor all the shows on the Crossing Broad podcast. Yeah, it would only way. require like zero point zero 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 one percent of his uh, weekly earnings. It'd be awesome. I don't care. I'll take the money. Money's <laughs> money. I'm like Pete Buttigieg now. You know, money's money. It's fine. <laughs> Do you want to ask number uh, 78? Over under, how many games Russ actually covers this year? I'm going to set the over under at two. Can you tell me what actually covers means? Does that mean is in attendance in the press box? How many games will Russ or, be in the like, press box this year? The over under is two. Oh, it's easily over two. What was it last year? One? How many will I? No. I was oh, like five. I didn't know that. 
I thought you only went to one yeah, game. I was there. Yeah. Oh no, I was there far more than that. I got into it with uh with the maestro about it a couple uh... of times. That I was that I was down covering the Philadelphia Union from well, time when to time. Well, when your when your non-disclosure agreement expires, you can rejoin the podcast to talk about that. Yeah, that's a good point. Question number 79, will you be coming to the Always Soccer in Philadelphia and Union Soccer podcast, joint live podcast, on March 14th? You're asking that to the thousands of the fans that are yeah, listening right now. not to you, right I'm now. asking it to. That's just another way yeah. to plug that thing. Um, that was a fill- filler question. N- number 80, will Kevin put on another slide tackle at the media game? I yeah, hope God so. willing. I would love to. It was it was a good slide yeah, tackle. That'd be excellent. Yeah, uh, eighty one was a uh, reader question. Did you think the podcast would make it to a hundred episodes when you started? Um, when we started, yeah, I mean, I, I, I was like, well, we're just going to keep doing this because I that was, you know, I had always been doing some kind of podcast. You know, I was doing KYW Philly Soccer Show with uh, with Greg uh, for a while, and then uh, I was like, well, let's do this thing and just keep it going. But you know, when when Dave left and when we both quit the beat i was like eh, you know like i'm not i don't have the knowledge of the team i used to have and i'm not down there all the time so i felt like the quality dropped off a little bit but here we are you know like 40 episodes after that and we have more listeners than we've ever had so why the hell not you know i remember you being really excited when episode 50 happened and then thinking like that was the end and thinking like <laughs> number 50 could have been the spot to call it and then 75 happened, and you're like, I don't even know. Well, because they point. stunk, too, and the team so, was mean, so bad that I was like, I mean, how many times can we just keep saying the same thing over and over again, you know? Like, last year was a huge, like, yeah. like kick in the ass, because it's like, wow, they're good. We have good stuff to talk about. People are interested. People are listening to the podcast. Like, like when you came on the last podcast in, like, October, you know, I was like, our listenership is up, like, 40%, right? And that's because the team was good, and people cared, you know? Yeah. And now... And now, as everybody knows, you let off the show by saying the uh, Philadelphia Union are going to win the conference. So <laughs> you've really turned uh, you've really turned it around, Mister Positivity. Right. Uh, number eighty-two. Will you be going to the NBC Premier League Fan Fest in April? Yeah, you know what? I'm going to try to go down there. Maybe I'll bring Cammy down there, and we'll just surround ourselves with soccer people, which will be cool. It's nice that soccer uh, is going to be ground zero in Philadelphia, and it's going to kind of be like a nice like gathering point. Um, you know, for a bunch of people down there. I just don't want to see any Euro snobs there. Like, if you're wearing your fucking Arsenal shirt, but you, like, poo-poo the Philadelphia Union because it's MLS and it's not as good as Arsenal or whatever, then I don't have time for you, you know? Like, I don't I don't want these people who are, like, Premier League snobs who shit on MLS. Like, if you love Liverpool and you go down and watch the Philadelphia Union, then you are my guy or my gal you know those are the people i'm looking for i'm not looking for these snooty motherfuckers Hmm. 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 um if you could come to the stadium to see a superstar on the other team should you be banned for life i disagree if you came if you come to the stadium and you're not a philadelphia union fan but you're wearing a steven gerrard liverpool jersey and you just wanted to see steven gerrard with the la galaxy you are banned for life, for life. As Adam I think Silver we should. Wa- no, I think we should welcome those nah. people. We should. Like if if you if you were a Zlatan Ibrahimovic fan and you weren't a Union fan and you weren't a Galaxy fan and you just wanted to go see Zlatan, I think that's fine because you are 
contributing to local business, right? You're giving uh, your money to this team. You're going down, you're paying for concessions. Um, perhaps you frequent the Larimer or another local mm, business. Um, it like that, that to me is, is in and of itself worth it. And so if you want to come down and you want to do such things, then we should welcome if you, you with open yeah, arms. If you want to crown them, then crown their ass. Uh, but listen, crown them. maybe I should amend my, yeah, listen, like, I guess when it, at the end of the day, like if you're going to give me like your typical four for four Philadelphia sports fan who shits all over all forms of soccer versus the Euro snob who only shits on MLS, I feel like I would rather spend my time with the Euro snob because, you know, maybe you could get them to a union game and say, say like, hey, this is our team, man. We're trying to make this bigger and better. And, you know, the union and MLS don't get any better if we're just going to shit on them nonstop, you know? Yep. Uh, could you beat Jay Ajayi in FIFA? I don't know. I haven't played FIFA in a while, but I feel like I could give him a run for his money. I'd smoke him. Maybe I will at the media thing. Jay Train I'll versus take Jay down. Joy on Broad. Yeah. There you go. Uh, do you care about ELMLS? Mm. Nope. Uh, it's easy to not care about it when we know our team isn't well represented. Uh, number 86, do we like the name Subaru Park? Yeah, I mean, look, Subaru is a bigger brand, obviously, than Talon Energy, you know, or PPL back in the day. Yep. I think it's a nice step forward for them uh, to say, look, we have a, you know, a, a significant partner here. I think for Subaru, it was their first time they did any kind of, uh, you know, big naming rights deal like this. So I think it was kind of like a good uh, win-win for both sides. You know, the only disappointing thing is, I think it would have been better for the union if they're kit sponsor was Subaru. Subaru yeah 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 because I, I think that gives them more legitimacy just from an optic standpoint um, because a lot of people are still going to call it PPL Park like I people know, who, do, who don't follow the union who like end up buying tickets because they're cheap and they can take their family they still call it PPL Park they never I made that change I called it PPL for like two years yeah, maybe. after it was changed and I'll probably still call it Talon for like another year before I get used to call, yeah, calling it Subaru you know so let's combine and 87 and 88. Uh, will the parking lots outside of Subaru Park ever be paved? And will the live experience at Subaru be better than in the South Philly arenas? I still arenas? think that Talon Subaru is better than Lincoln Financial Field. I think it's better than – it's much better than the Wells Fargo Center. I think it's better than Citizens Bank Park. I just think it's more intimate. You know, I mean, I think like 18.5 is the perfect size. You know, I'm, I, don't, I don't know if that's a union soccer bias that's showing, but I've been at every place and like – I'm telling you, man, I would rather watch any sport at uh, at Subaru. Yeah, I agree. The only one that I that I thought kind of stacked up was yeah. Citizens Bank Park when the Phillies were good, just by virtue of there being 45,000 plus people. And there was just a buzz, and people in. were hanging out. And, and, and Ashburn Alley's yeah, nice. Yeah, and, yeah. yeah. Like, if, if you give me a full link, a full CBP, and a full Wells Fargo Center, like, I still think that, that probably talent ppl subaru is is yeah. the best one and i'd say citizens bank is probably second the link sucks there's just no way to convince me that the link is a good place in any way shape or form there's no home field advantage and it feels like a prison like i i don't know it's just a concrete mm -hmm. prison and there's there really aren't that many good seats uh that are you know above the lower level at that point, it's like, why waste the money to buy these super expensive tickets when you can just stay at mm -hmm. home on your couch? Mm -hmm. But that's just no, me. I hear you. I hear I'm you. just a guy. 
Uh, number eighty nine. Will you bet money on the? I was doing huh? Allen Iverson ninety seven five drop. I oh, hear sorry. you. I hear you. Uh, eighty nine. Will you bet money on the Junior? MLS I want to, man, year? because there's a lot of like amazing values. Uh, you know, because the the parity in the league and the unpredictability, you can get like plus odds for home teams, but then you get fucking burned. You know, it's like I think the Union are like plus two sixty five in the season opener, and like Dallas is like a like a minus a hundred or stuff like that. That's like really good value for a, for that kind of game, you know. But yeah, I want to, but it's just like too. It's too like iffy to me, you know. Soccer's fun to bet just because you can do double chance. Yeah, but there's just not like, like that's a lot big. of value in double chance. The ability you know? to to take two of the three potential outcomes and like sure the odds are worse, but if you put a couple of those together in a parlay or put them together with something that has like decent odds that you think can can be an upset, then like it's totally worth it. Hundred um, percent. I think we should. Pre- I, maybe I'll have to let the maestro know that you're interested in writing uh, no, union no, betting no, no, previews no, no. No, this gonna... summer. I'll, I'll have to. I have a template ready for you. That'd be great. <laughs> uh, number ninety. Does anyone care about the league's cup? I don't give a fuck about the league's cup. Nope. Uh, Ninety-one. Do you care about making an open cup run? Nah, because I feel like the Open Cup was kind of like a thing, that an entry-level thing that you were trying to win while you were trying to make yourself a relevant team. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'd love for them to lift any trophy at all, but you know, now that they've won a playoff game finally and they finished in the top four and um, they've moved forward as that kind of team, I just feel like the Open Cup is like, eh, whatever. If it's there and you feel like you have the, the roster to be able to do it, go for it, but I wouldn't prioritize it this this year. It almost feels like a loser's cup at this point. You have your eyes on a bigger prize, and that prize is the MLS Cup. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Uh, 92, do we like the new unbalanced schedule? It. How can you go an entire season, play for like nine months, and you don't play three of the teams in your league? You know, they're not going to play Seattle. They're not going to play Houston. They're not going to play Minnesota. Like, I'm not, I'm not like dying to see the Philadelphia Union play Minnesota again, but like, I just don't know how you can go. You know, imagine if you tried doing that with other sports. Like, imagine if the Flyers went an entire season without playing, like, the L.A. Kings or something. You know, or the Sixers, Sixers went the it entire would, season yeah. without playing, like, the Lakers. <laughs> like, it's just, I think when you put it that way, it yeah. just seems weird, you know? Uh, 93, who will be the second person added to the Union's Ring of Honor? I mean, I guess Ray is the closest one, isn't he? Just because of the... <laughs> oh, no, gee, Frank, well, come on. I, I'm Damn not it. saying, like... Do I think this person should be added or not? But I mean, he's the minutes leader. He's the starts, everything leader. You know, I mean, like I could, I could see them using that and just justifying it just based on that. You know. What about Keon Daniel? No, uh, Brian Carroll. Uh, no? I don't know if anybody's close All to right. Sebastian. Yeah, but mm-hmm. it's. Oh my God! It's gonna be Ray. It's gonna be Ray Gattis. Wow. Okay. Whew. All right, number 94, what makes for a successful union season? Uh, either win two playoff games or finish with more points than you had last year. I think either one of those areas. You know, yeah. Settle for both. nothing less. Uh, 95, will the field again be torn to bits? Yeah, it's going to be rough, especially with U2 playing there. Wait till they get an XFL team. 96, will the Union pick up any traction with the 4-for-4 four four Philly sports fans? I think it's a long slog. 
you know, I mean, I feel like some people last year were like, okay, they're winning, like they're respectable. Like I think that last year the attitude was like, okay, well now they're not dog shit. You know, I still don't like mm-hmm. soccer, but I can acknowledge the fact that they're not dog shit anymore. And now it's like, okay, yeah, maybe some people are a little intrigued. I think you see some people kind of coming in and like having more interest. Like I see when I when I have like people follow me on Twitter, I see more stuff now in their profile that says like Eagles, Phillies, Flyers, Union, you know, or Eagles, Sixers, Villanova, Duke, Union. You know, whereas before, I think you saw a lot of like four for four stuff, and I think it's I think it's it's getting there slowly. Yeah, um, I think it really depends on how the other teams in town are doing. That's true, right? Like the the I mean, if the Sixers are going to continue to be painful, and if this team oh my God. is heading for uh, not a first round exit, but certainly not the deep run that people expected, if the Flyers are somehow able to to hang on and and be competitive down the stretch and, and bring some energy. And that kind of propels you into the union and the Phillies kind of starting in a decent spot. Like I think so much of it kind of also depends on how the Phillies do. Yeah. Right. Like you can make the case that if the Phillies are good, that it's bad for the union because people are going to go fill up Citizens bank park. You could also make the different argument that, uh, what is it like the high tides lift mm-hmm. all ships? Yeah. Isn't that the like phrase. And so that, and like maybe there's the idea that if the Phillies are good and you happen to go out and see a union game or you're able to do some kind of cross promotion with the Phillies, you know, the the kind of like wonderful Twitter posts where it's like brotherly love, you know, good luck today, guys. If you're able to get that, like maybe it ends up being a yeah. good thing. I don't yeah. know. I don't know. Uh, number 97. What has to happen for the union to make inroads with that type of fan? Just keep winning. Win, yeah. right? Just win, baby. You know, like consistent, like, you know, like I said, because last year was just about proving that you're not shit. And so if you can string together a couple of consistent seasons here, then I think people will pay more attention. Number 98, if you could bring any media member in Philly to Chester to watch a union game, who would it be? I would uh, I would hit up Glenn Mack now and I'd say it's time for you to come down and watch a soccer game. Because Glenn's not a soccer dude, but I think he's like open-minded enough that he would come down and probably enjoy the experience and um, you know report back uh, to Twitter or uh, people on WIP and say, "Hey, this wasn't bad at all. You know, I enjoyed it. Maybe I don't like soccer, but it was a good experience." I think everybody who goes to town, everybody who goes to Subaru, says they at least like enjoy the atmosphere and like the experience. They don't necessarily have to like the game or know what's going on in the game, but I think they all say the same thing about, "Yeah, it was cool. It's a fun stadium. It's something different." You know. Uh, I would take Angelo Cataldi. <laughs> no. Do you want to know why? Be, it, it's a, so it's a, it's, a, it's a similar kind of idea. For better or worse, and, and I think people know how you feel yeah. Yeah. Uh, about the guy, the fact still remains that he dominates the mornings. And so if you're able to go and take a guy who has that kind of, of reach in the market and speaks to a generation of fan that, uh, probably doesn't resemble you or I, but is able to convince those people that they're worth the time of day to go check out. That that in of itself gives immediate exposure and and to some extent to to a certain group of fans that might not otherwise care. Gives gives the union a little bit Would of legitimacy. Would you want to see Kenny from the Dirty Thirty, Butch from Maniunk, and Eagles Shirley uh, banging the drum in the River End? No, I might want to see them get thrown into the river end. Uh, 
get thrown from the top of the river end. <laughs> Watch them get that. carried off on a on a giant barge. <laughs> That's not what I was going for, but I un- I can understand why why you would feel that way. Well, I mean, if you put them if you put them on one of those like nice barges as it's you know sailing by, they'll be safe. <laughs> they they'll also be out of Philadelphia. We won't have to listen to. No, is that is that wrong? <laughs> I guess I I asked the. They still have their cell phone. Know, they can the still question. call. I shouldn't be surprised right? at the answer. You know, I know that's your fault. I didn't wish yeah. harm to them. We would never do that. Yeah. All right. Yeah. <laughs> we would never do that. Um. Hey, do you want to do an exercise? Yes. Since uh, you love doing <laughs> exercises right. we always on do the program. Um, I want you to close your eyes. Stand up, and I want you to put your arms out, and I want you to spin around a few times. And I want you to just think about Jay Sugarman and his helicopter. Will we see Jay Sugarman's helicopter at Subaru Park this year? Uh, I'm going to say yes, we will see. I, I, For some reason, I feel like we're, we're going to see the helicopter. And Union Union Hulk is going to be, be riding in the passenger seat, and he's going to get out, and he's going to pull off his mask to reveal that this entire time he has been <laughs> Mike Missinelli. Oh, that was not where I thought you were going with that. <laughs> no, nah, Mike's cool. I thought you were going to say that Mike Union Hulk cool. reveals that he's actually that he's actually Jay Sugarman. <laughs> like, can you imagine? Okay, what so Jay plot, Sugarman is sitting talking about <laughs> feeling moist, feeling feeling moist about <laughs> Balotelli. Jay. Union that would be Hulk incredible. Actually, like, Jay you want to talk about? Wow. Yeah. What a turn of events that be. Yeah. That would be such a crazy. Can that be the name of the episode? <laughs> <laughs> it's always soccer in Philadelphia. Episode number one hundred. No. Jay Sugarman is no, Union at Hulk. At the bottom, I'm going to write, and like I do the bullet points for each podcast. At the very <laughs> end, I'm going to write: Is Union Hulk or is Jay Sugarman Union Hulk? <laughs> and I'll put three question marks. <laughs> there you go. Uh, um, wouldn't it be great? They win MLS Cup, and you know they're not going to do a parade in Chester. Yeah. But like Jay Sugarman lands the helicopter in the middle of Subaru Park, and just sticks it to all the people who have been trashing him over Balotelli the years. And gets out and signs a contract yeah, on the spot, and he says, "I don't Boom. know any other team besides the Philadelphia Union." You know, he says, besides New York Red Bulls, <laughs> and then realizes he didn't just sign yeah, a wait, contract where with am the I? Red Bulls. Oh, Philadelphia. And then he Joke's pulls in Robert you, Perez and says that he only wants to play in a beautiful city. Yeah. Uh, number 100, does Jay Sugarman really, truly care about winning? No, I don't think so. Um, you know, if you listen to his comments that he made the other week, he said, well, you know, we didn't want to spend too much before we had the foundation in place. Well, I mean, how the fuck long did it take to put the foundation in place? It took like six years to build the foundation. So, uh, I mean, I think he does want to win, of course. I think he's a competitive dude, but he just doesn't have the capital to, you know, to compete with like an Arthur Blank. And, uh, you know, as long as he sits on his investment and it continues to grow, then that's the winning, I think, that he really, truly cares about. Wow. Wow. 
100 questions, man. Right. Listen, do you want to end on a uh, – that was a fun exercise. That was a cool uh, 100 uh, for the 100th episode. How about that? What a cool thing. Um, do you want to Look end you. on – you want to do words that end in the letter A? We'll end on that. Yes. All right, of good. Course. I can always count on you to do these because some people are like lukewarm on it for some reason. When people are, are like kind of indignant yeah. about it or are, are are just confused by it, people it really act like they're me. above. I yell yeah, at them. People in the act car like for they're you. above words that end in a, in the letter A, but I call bullshit on that. Nobody is above uh, having a little bit of fun. Uh, we love our British, uh, Australian, and uh, Boston colleagues, uh, but the intrusive. But not South African because you've got a bleeped up accent. Oh, do they do the intrusive R in South Africa? South Africa, I should say. Okay. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. They just they just have a, a very. All right, Russ. Here's accent. the first one for you. The first clue. Um, this is an orchard uh, that a popular orchard in Delaware County. Uh, would that be Lynn Villar? Yes, that'd be Lynn Villar Orchards. Okay, this is a uh, number two. This is a thing that you put like uh it it's like a it's like a roof but it's not really a roof it's like four like uh it's like a lattice there's like four um corners of it Oh oh I know that I I know that one it's a pergola <laughs> yes. That's right it is a pergola uh that you put in your backyard or on your roof deck Um pergola I hardly <laughs> know <laughs> Oh, my God. I'm trying not to laugh too hard because I don't want to wake up, wake up the baby because she's sleeping, and I probably sounded like it absolutely ridiculous when I, did, when I just did that. But yes, per- pergoler was the uh, clip. Um, this is clue number three here. If you were to go to, uh, oh my God, what's the name of the city in Italy where all the water is? Uh, Venice. If you went to Venice, yeah, if you went Venice. to Venice, uh, you would take a boat ride on one of these. A gondola. That's right. It's a gondola. You know, maybe a romantic two-person on the gondola as you uh, boat through Venice. I'd ride on. I'd, I'd take one of those uh, with you. Would. Sticking with fare. the Italian theme here, um, this is a type of uh, a type of Italian cheese. There's a lot. Okay, let me narrow it down. Quindi ci sono, ci sono molti casi. Um, let's go mozzarella. Oh, well, that could be. I was thinking of... Uh, here, let me narrow it down. There's a... Wait, wait. wait. Hold on. Give me, a, give me another clue. Uh, the first part of this word uh, is a synonym, is another, is another name, actually, uh, for the mythical Greek uh, beast known as Medusa. Uh, Mortadella? No. No. Uh, it starts with G. Uh, what are the names of the things that have the snakes on their head in Greek mythology? I don't know. Uh, uh, they're called uh, they're know. called gorgons. Oh, okay. So gorgonzola. That's right. Well, I I learned right. something yeah, today. The gorgons. Uh, Medusa wow. had the snakes the on her gorgons. head or whatever. And uh, the Gorgons yeah. are like other I didn't know there was a name uh, for that. Medusas, I guess. There's other ones or something. Um, okay, here's the last one. Huh. Uh, you're on the beach and you're drinking a drink uh, that has rum and uh, coconut. 
And uh, what else is in it? Pineapple, I think, is in it. Pues, en mi opinión, creo que la respuesta correcta es piña colada. <laughs> that is correct. Piña colada. You ever wanted to hear Tommy Smith speak Spanish in a very Peter confused Collado. tone? Ross, you were four for five. That was really, really good. I appreciate you putting the effort into uh, words uh, that end in the letter A. And guess what? Uh, this podcast ends uh, with us 72 hours away from the Philadelphia Union season opener. Uh, we made it to 100 episodes. Russ, you were on like eight or nine of these podcasts. Thank you for coming on and uh, doing the special uh, 100th episode with me. I appreciate it. Uh, do you have a final uh, a final uh, me, word that you'd like to send the listeners off with uh, as we head into the new season? I just want to congratulate you, honestly. Um, I remember when the show started and, and listening to you and thinking, that sounds like a guy I'd want to have a beer with. And then oddly enough, all these years later, I've gotten to have a beer. And with we him. hope to have, and I have to say that it's, it's a, it's a real accomplishment to get to a hundred episodes yeah, man. and through all the changes in life and such, people have always been able to rely on you for, uh, for fair and balanced coverage. That's right. It's, uh, it's always soccer in Philadelphia coverage that you can count on. Uh, but on a serious note, no, I mean, I, I, the, the, the listeners of this podcast are amazing, uh, from, you know, the live podcast last year to just seeing people at the stadium, uh, the f- equipment drive that we did that like brought in a bunch of money. Uh, like everybody who listens to this podcast has been, has been awesome. Uh, very loyal. You were all very appreciated. So, uh, thanks for listening to a hundred podcasts uh, up until this point. And here's to a hundred more.